folks, how you doing? If you're joining us uh, anywhere in the world, it's the 5 o'clock somewhere show. This is a special show for our audience in the UK because the hours that we would normally do the program um, would be like 1 o'clock. Two o'clock in the morning in the UK, and we've been making the show a lot more convenient for our, our audience in Europe and other parts of the world as well. So we want to <laughs> welcome everybody aboard at five o'clock. I hope you're uh, celebrating the five o'clock hour with the Andy Demanda Show. Grab yourself a drink, a cocktail, a beer, a margarita, whatever it might be. Here in the morning at nine o'clock a.m. California in our Los Angeles studios, we're you're just pouring our morning coffee and getting the day started on another glorious day here in Southern California. Amanda, good morning. I know you had some problems joining Hello. us earlier. How you doing? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Yeah, the question is if I want to or not. You know what I'm saying? I mean, oh. I yeah. <laughs> Andy, Andy. <laughs> That's we got to start the week off right. You know what I'm saying? This is the Andy and Amanda show. Yeah, folks, oh, how are we doing? Oh, bless you, darling. Yeah, how was your, really uh, well, thank you. Good. you have a good weekend? Yes, it was beautiful. Um, enjoyed the weather. It's been beautiful and sunny here in the UK. Thankfully, after all this, this cold and rain and, you know, that gloomy sense of being. And so I think it's, it's cheered a lot of people up, Andy. It's given them a, a sense of uh, new life, new meaning. So good. the start of the week off really well. Yeah, how about yourself? Good. Yeah, real, uh, real pleasant. You know, weekend I was down beachside and uh, spent some time down there, which is you not know, for me. Beachside's, you know, well, we get some traffic headed out there this time. Normally, it's about a forty-minute yeah. ride to the beach and about about a ten-minute ride to the mountains. You know, I'm I'm right between the mountains and the beach here in Southern wow. California. But I was yeah. down the in, in Manhattan Beach and uh, had a great dinner down there on an outdoor dining patio because because restaurants that have the capability are doing outdoor service now in, on patios yeah. and. And they've also taken like a, a parking lane off the streets and they put, uh, you know, platforms up with tables and, you know, so they can extend the patio service. They can, you know, it was real nice. Anyway, Manhattan Beach yeah. is, a, is a lovely, lovely part of, uh, of L.A. County, right just south of, uh, of, of Los Angeles. Um, real Beautiful. nice. And I was down there. What, it's kind of like in the summertime. It's like my go-to beach. You know, you want to head down the beach and hang out. That's kind of like my yeah. go-to place. And, uh, and wow. went down there and um, – what did I do yesterday? I think I went around looked at some house. I didn't even, yesterday was like a blank. I think I looked. Hmm. What's today? What's today again? Today's Monday. It's mm, like, Sunday. It's Monday. Where, yeah. <laughs> where did Sunday go? Kind of like didn't happen. Oh, I huh. have those days. Don't worry about it. I have plenty of those. It's like, what? What happened yesterday? Why can't I, I remember? <laughs> I have no idea. I have no Maybe idea. Maybe it's our age, Andy. Think... Maybe it's our age. What's your reference? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> we won't say any more on that. We'll just uh, sidestep that landmine, right? <laughs> yes, that was dangerous. Hey, we have a special <laughs> guest coming on the show. She called in early yeah. to confirm she's coming on. She'll be calling in at around the half hour point, around uh, 5.30 your time, around 12.30 in the East Coast and at 9.30 here. We're all over the world. You know, I told you we, we have, a, you know, we have a, our, our listenership in Germany, Italy, and France has expanded and grown. And I know yeah. we have listeners there now and who are listening to the podcast um, whenever this is you know, distributed, which will be later on today. Um, so welcome aboard uh, there. And um, uh, if anybody wants to join the show live, you know, if you want to get on and uh, – um, and share your thoughts, ideas, opinions, and whatever you feel like talking about, whether it be on the news or the human career or your philosophy of life, as it may be, uh, you can email 
andyandamandashow at gmail.com, and we'll send you a link that enables you to join the show as long as you have like a headset, microphone, whatever it might be, so you can communicate with us over the internet. Uh, we'd be glad to have you on the show. Other than that, Absolutely. you can call in at 515-605-9888. We're here to take your calls, and uh, we'd love to have you on board. And if you want to talk to Dolores Jordan, who's a lovely uh, woman, just a, a terrific person. I had to, an opportunity to speak with her just prior to the show and, and look forward to having her join us um, in about a half hour. If you want to speak with uh, Dolores Jordan, who's Michael Jordan's um, sister, the, the, the basketball great, and uh, she's an author, a speaker, um, a, a human motivational coach. Uh, she's written a book about uh, her life at home, her life uh, in the Jordan household in 2003 that was published. Um, and we'll talk about that maybe and talk about what she's up to now and uh, and look forward to having her as a guest on our show. Absolutely. Um, I'm so excited. So excited. Yeah, that's going to that's gonna be great. Um, so, Amanda, let's dive into uh, yeah. what's going on in the world um, over there in the, in the BBC territory of the world, the news there. What what is uh, What's happening there? How's everything going? Okay. So, as you know, obviously, everybody knows <laughs> – COVID is yeah. such a huge deal, okay? It takes 99% of the news most of the time. So I always like to cover that because I feel it's great to be informed by everything that's going on with COVID. It, it does. We, yeah, we've been yeah. doing our best in that area as well. So, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Sure. So, okay, so I'm not sure if you've heard that uh, we have identified the Brazilian coronavirus variant here in the UK, and it's said mm. to be similar in its mutations to the variant first detected in South Africa. And so far, six cases have been identified, three being Scottish residents who flew to Aberdeen from Brazil via Paris and London. Uh, all passengers on that flight arriving from Heathrow and flew on BA132 to Aberdeen are being uh, contacted for a test. Mm. Uh, another, another two are from the same household in my county of Gloucestershire, and uh, several parts of South Gloucestershire are being asked for everyone there to take a test, whether they have symptoms or not. Um, the, the missing person with the variant has been said to have used a home testing kit and did not complete their registration form properly, and so the government are appealing to anyone with a result from a test mm. on the 12th. Mm or 13th of February to come forward immediately by calling 119. Obviously, there is great concern over this variant spreading quickly and uh, vaccines not being effective with this strain. However, it's been said that the vaccine could be rapidly adapted. And it's also good to know that both the English and Scottish governments are doing all they can to limit the spread and battle this head on. It's just ironic that this is all broke out as we begin our process of slowly coming out of the lockdown so I think that's probably going to spiral a lot of people's fears into, oh, great, is this going to stop the lockdown procedure now? You know, what's going to come of this? So we shall see what happens. But I think it's important to bear in mind that Boris Johnson did say that each stage of this lockdown, they're going to be going on uh, data and the statistics of how well each stage is working. So for whatever reason, if this new variant becomes um, very powerful and spreads very quickly and causes a lot of issues then each stage will i should imagine be slower or halted um we shall see what occurs we should see what occurs but the important thing is to try and do the right thing you know not be silly and um jump in or jump out the boat too soon when we don't really know what's happening just yet and you know 
try and keep everybody else safe. So we've also had several hour queues at Heathrow Airport's border control, and they've had not enough staff, and the airport have said that the government needs to take action to support them as there is not enough staff to cope with demand. Um, one traveller said that the staff didn't offer any chairs and there was no social distancing, that her mother was having to feed her baby on the floor, and there were only a few border force officials processing papers. And according to another traveller, that was the they mentioned that the seating was bad again, and people were left feeling stranded, that no one seemed to know what was going on, that there was some water given at two-hour intervals. So, you know, they're kind of feeling like, Hmm. A load yeah. of sheep crammed mm-hmm. in, and nobody mm-hmm. has any clue what's going on. I just, I feel very sorry for them. But um, yeah, so I think this is a crazy situation, isn't it? You know, this is all new for us, and um, to deal with such a pandemic that everything that is being put into control, it, it's, it's fine-tuning everything and um, providing enough money and staff every situation. It's uh, pretty crazy right now. Um, And as we are aware, Andy, as we've discussed on previous shows, our dear old Prince Philip was recently admitted to hospital. So Prince Philip is still receiving medical treatment and has been transferred to St. (laughs) Bartholomew's. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Bartholomew's. Bartholomew's. Yes, hospital. That's the word. I do that so much. Yeah. Same, I, I got it. I got it here. Yeah, Thank you. you, you, you hmm? Yes, you're on that wavelength. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm right there. Me yes. Yeah, yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you, darling. <laughs> <So> they're <laughs> still, still claiming it's nothing coronavirus related and that he's being treated for an infection. Um, and they will be monitoring his heart regarding a pre-existing heart condition. That's what so I heard. He seems, I, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He seems to be very wow. comfortable and responding well to treatment and um, should and, be and in Prince, hospital for the rest Prince of the week. Prince Philip is, um, is, is in his 90s, right? Up in, upper, upper 90s or something, I think, He's right? He's 99 years old and turned wow. 100 in, I think it's June or July. I think it's July. Well, good for him. I hope. I wish yeah. him all the best. Good for him. Yeah. The, um, uh, is it um, Megan uh, Markley and, and Prince... Um, um, who was it, Megan, and um, who left the UK, left Prince the Harry. royal family? Prince Harry. Yeah. Yeah. Harry's been making the news rounds here. Finally, he's been oh on the my shows. goodness! Yeah. Yes. Did you see that yeah. video? Um, no, I actually just saw an excerpt of it, and I want to we'll address that later in the week. Maybe I'll be be more knowledgeable. But have you? I mean, can, so can you can comment on that? What, what's he? What's he? What's the conversation been? What's he? Do uh, you know? Or we'll wait till uh, well, Wednesday show. I, I, I saw the video of uh, James mm-hmm. Corden and, and him meeting, and i got to say, mm-hmm. it was so refreshing seeing him being able to open up about uh, the royal family and the reason why he, he left the UK and the royal family. Um, according to him, it was due to the toxic nature of the UK press. Uh, they were making their lives miserable, and i got to admit, Andy, they were. I mean, we were all over the, the headlines of it. Uh, everywhere you turned, it was always something about Harry and Meghan really making their life a living hell, and it really got to Harry's mental health, and I'm sure Meghan's too, and he felt it was the right move to come away from that toxic environment, and so, therefore, moved to the U.S., And he did say that, you know, he wasn't abandoning the royal family or his duties to uh, publicly serve, that he's still doing that in various other ways. Um, But he had to put his family first. 
and that's beautiful. You know, their house yeah, and, and everything. So they did that. And yeah, it was it's such a beautiful uh, video to, to watch. And, you know, I saw Prince Harry in a new light and it made me smile from the moment I started watching it to the moment I finished watching it. And apparently it's had that same effect on millions of people who've watched it so far. I saw a clip of that and I know he's scheduled to do an interview on Oprah as well. So uh, we can talk more about that. But not, I haven't really been following the the royal family and a lot of people were into that and the Queen Elizabeth, you know, the whole, whole Queen Elizabeth and the whole thing. And I, when I went to London yeah. last year and, you know, I saw the uh, Buckingham Palace, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, did all that stuff. You but mean, I, 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 you didn't get invited to tea? I, I was insulted that I wasn't. No, oh, Andy, I turned around and walked, that's not I good. turned around, I walked away. I turned I'm around. So sorry I was expecting, about that. <laughs> I, I, showed, I showed my credentials, my ID, uh, as a part <laughs> of the Coast to Coast show. I was invited yeah. here for a royal dinner. And um, I was going to be uh, uh, baptized. Is it not baptized? What is it? Uh, knighted? Hmm. Oh, it, yes. Not ignited. Yes. Yep. Something like that. Yeah all, yeah, all that stuff. They were going to give me the whole royal thing. And I showed my wow. – uh, they took one look they, one look at me, and they kicked me out. And they turned me around the other way. That's and not no good respect. enough, Andy. That's not None. good enough. I should get on to them about it. <laughs> no respect. None. It was pretty cool to see all the sights, though. I mean, that was really yeah. a beautiful thing. Yeah, but I've yeah. never – you know, some people, like, you, you see all the uh, tabloids, you know, the, anything – any news comes out of the royal family here in the U.S., mm-hmm. I guess there, too. Uh, it's, like, on the front page of the tabloids, this rumor and that rumor and all this. I just yeah. never was into it. I don't – you know, it, yeah. it, you know, it's all ceremonial there. I mean, you have a parliament, yeah. prime minister, blah, 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 and, the, the, you know, the, the, the queen has no power there. You know, it's, it's all ceremonial. Am I right about that? Mm. The, the queen doesn't have power anymore. She has a certain amount of power, but yeah, I mean, her and the government work hand in hand. She doesn't have the the power to overthrow everything, like a lot of people Mm -hmm. believe she does. Um, But they do work very closely together to resolve and achieve things. But but it is primarily ceremonial, am I correct, or or am I not correct? Yes, yes, very much so. That's what I thought. And I, I've got to admit, I wasn't into the royal family for mm-hmm. a long, long time, you know, because like you, you, growing up in this kind of background, they're just a part of um, a lifestyle here, a part of your education that you, you know they exist, you know they're there, you see them on TV every now and again, you see them in the, the tabloids every now and again, but they're not really mm-hmm. a part of your life. And there are a lot of people that are, you know, very dedicated royals who follow the royal family, collect everything that was ever released, you know, like... Um, mm-hmm. China and all sorts with their faces printed on and, you know, dedicated fans. And that's beautiful. Um, it's only been in the most recent years with Harry and William growing up that they've really touched on the public more so uh, to show that they're human, just like the rest of us, that they have feelings that, you know, the royal family are actually fun people. They care that they do a lot to help um, society. And, yeah, so I feel more connected to them mm-hmm. in that sense now than I did before. I felt uh, – I felt uh... – you know, it was, it was cool being there. I mean, you got a sense when you're there on the property and, you know, among the tourists. And also, I saw the changing of the guards is a great thing to see. All the guards, that's great. Yeah. That's, that's so yeah. cool to watch. And, you know, we were wondering about the relationship uh, between the royal family and, and China, and we did some interviewing ourselves uh, in the manner. And, uh, Maybe that's a question uh, you should ask China. We figured we, uh, of course. we figured you know we would try to do that, but uh, thank you, yeah. Donald. Thank you, Rick. Yeah, we you always appreciate Donald's com- commenting yeah. on the Andy and Amanda show here. <laughs> yes, uh, um, yeah. thank you, Donald. Yes. Uh, speaking of Donald, you know he uh, he spoke at um, at CPAC yesterday. Okay. And uh, you know he also had some comments. He uh, 
he, uh, you know, commented, you know, about the COVID virus. He, uh, he got a clip of that about COVID. He said, "Way uh, up, said this. and it went down." Yeah, and um, wow. thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah, that was great. He, uh, I, I mean, it, it was. Um, well, I want to comment on that just a little bit, but let's uh, let's take a quick listen to some of what he had to say. Thank you very much, and hello, CPAC. Do you miss me yet? Do you miss me yet? A lot of things going on. To so many wonderful friends, conservatives, and fellow citizens in this room, and all across our country, I stand before you today to declare that the incredible journey we begun together We went through a journey like nobody else. There's never been a journey like it. There's never been a journey so successful. We began it together four years ago, and it is far from being over. We've just started. Our movement of proud, hardworking, And you know what this is? The hardest working people, hardworking American patriots is just getting started. And in the end, we will win. We will win. We've been doing a lot of winning. As we gather this week, we're in the middle of a historic struggle for America's future, America's culture, and America's institutions, borders, and most cherished, principles. Our security, our prosperity, and our very identity as Americans is at stake, like perhaps at no other time. So no matter how much the Washington establishment and the powerful special interests may want to silence us, let there be no doubt we will be victorious and America will be stronger and greater than ever before. I want to thank my great friends, Matt and Mercedes Schlapp. Matt, thank you. Thank you. Mercedes, thank you very much. And the American Conservative Union for hosting this extraordinary event. They're talking about it all over the world, Matt. I know you don't like that, but that's okay. All over the world. I also want to pay my love and respect to the great Rush Limbaugh. who is watching closely and smiling down on us. He's watching and he's loving it and he loves Catherine. Catherine, thank you for being here. So great. Thank you, Catherine. He loved you, Catherine. I will tell you. Who the heck Catherine is, I have no idea. Nor, you know, who knows? Like, we really care what he had to say, really. The uh, reason why I played that clip is it gave me an excuse since I'm here alone this time in our studios to make another cup of Keurig coffee. Now that I've been able to accomplish that, we can really talk about what Trump had to say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he, uh, it, was, it was great. It was a great timing. You know, I even had to add more water and all that stuff. So it really gave me another, you know, I was able to get another cup of coffee. And I'm, I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you. It worked out beautifully. Worked out I'm beautifully. Glad. 
<laughs> but um, but he, he he spoke since the first time since January 20th when he left uh, the disgraced as a disgraced president, and then he was shortly thereafter mm-hmm. impeached for the second time, as we all know. Uh, but he spoke for a little over an hour and a half about um, you know he 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 was he started about you know talking about uh, um, again claiming that um, um, he, he asked everybody, do you miss me? Do you miss me already? Do you miss me? Oh my! You know, he he commented. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, is it was obvious that um, you know. Well, first I'm not going to start talking about everything he said because he spoke for an hour and a half. I didn't see the whole thing actually. Just just some highlights myself, but I do know get in the gist of what he spoke about. Um, he started about his his speech about talking about how we will uh, will win for the third time. You know, he mm. hit, meaning him, he's going to win the presidency for the third time, meaning he won in 2016, which which he did. or lost the popular vote by several million, but he did win the election in 2016. Mm. Uh, and then he lost in 2020. He thinks he won, uh, even though he lost that by uh, over 7 million votes in the popular vote, 305 electoral votes to his uh, over 200. Um, mm. and, um, and he considered that a win for him. And he thinks uh, if he won, runs again in 2024, he, what he said, he will win for the third time. Uh, but he uh, huh. makes it very clear that uh, you know his mission is to oppose uh, what he feels radical Democrats, the, the mainstream media, and toxic cancel culture, which is like cancel culture is part of this is this one recently added to something that has been part of the you know his rhetoric, this cancel culture thing. You know, I'm not quite yeah. clear what that is exactly, um, okay. but uh, until more recently, and since he uh, really hasn't been in the public eye for the last six weeks, uh, this is sort of bringing light to his uh, what we what he says. Um, you know, he's going to continue to fight by by your side. So he's kind of implying that he's not going to uh, disappear anytime anytime soon. He's not going right. to fade away. Okay. But, uh, I think but, uh, everybody would be disappointed mm-hmm. if he did somehow because he's quite entertaining in that sense, right? But, uh, yeah, I mean, listening to that clip, Andy, I've got to be honest, um, he seems to be riling up the, the crowd again. And, you know, it's like, I'm not going to give you a chance to miss me because I'm coming back and, you know, I'm reaffirming that everything I did was not wrong and uh, I have no intention of changing the way that I am and yep. mm-hmm. you know it, that's how it came across to me and maybe I'm wrong to feel that way but I still think he's um partly responsible for for the way you know people stormed the building and, and the way he was motivating them to to do such changes and I know it's on us all to to make the right decisions for ourselves morally and and, and spiritually and, and politically and all those kind of things so um we are responsible also but you know, when you're listening to a great leader um, that you believe is a great leader and you're trusting in them to to make these changes and say, you know, fight for me because you're going to be afraid of what's going to follow if you don't. Yes. Uh, you know, that's, that's pretty that, that's, much. That's just, I mean, you yeah. kind of hit it there. He, he, um, he, you know, there was rumor that he might start this new faction of a new branch of a Republican Party and he uh, kind of... Um, flipped that script a little bit and said, we are not going to start a new party. Why would we start a new party if we already have a great one? He said, and uh, mm. sort of put the nail on the coffin on, on starting a new party story. And instead he, like you were saying, he reinvigorated his, his base there, uh, which was very you yes. know, there to see him and Ted Cruz and 
Josh Hawley and other conservative Republicans. It is the conservative Republican convention that's who was there. Uh, who yeah. else would you expect to be there, right? You know. Yeah. I mean? So, um, but anyway, it's uh, you know put him back in news again, put him back in the spotlight briefly. Um, he was impeached twice. He he's under criminal investigation. Uh, two different. Uh, U.S. Attorney Generals are, are looking into that one on a tax evasion, um, uh, corruption, money laundering. The other one having to do with uh, um, his uh, calling um, the representative, the Republican governor of, uh, of Georgia, um, and um, making yeah. you know threats to him and uh, instructing him to find. Um, 11,180 votes, I believe, was the number, um, and and threatening him, you know, saying, "Hey, bad things can happen to you if you don't, you know." And it's on tape, you know, and and the question is, was that was that legal? And that's being criminally investigated. So if he does run in 2024, which I just don't think he he will, I think he's going to be a thing of the past in four years from now. I think he'll be talked about, but um, there'll be there's a lot of wannabes coming up. Ted Cruz being one of them, and you know, not to use, uh, you know. Uh, Anyway, yeah, enough yeah. about him, but uh, we can talk about uh, him in four years. But anyway, uh, um, <laughs> and uh, but anyway, I think as time, you know, I think people are more focused right now. I mean, let's talk about what's going on right now. The the the, yeah. the coronavirus numbers are reduced dramatically. People are being wiser, smarter, safer. Uh, the, the vaccine is over 50 million. It has found its way over to 50, over 50 million people's arms right now. The Johnson right. & Johnson one, one dose does it too. It uh, was just approved. That's going to roll out this week with an initial distribution of 4 million uh, doses. Johnson Johnson's one-shot vaccine and expect 20 million uh, by the end of March. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to have, you know, come, come June, uh, we're going to have significant numbers of, uh, of people who have been vaccinated um, and, um, so, I mean, p- people are looking at that. People are looking at their, yeah. their $1.9 trillion, uh, COVID relief package that Congress passed over the weekend, $1.9 mm. billion, dollar, billion dollar COVID relief. It's, 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 you know, providing $2,000, um, per adult, uh, income, you know, a check for $2,000, which Trump was in favor of what of actually Mitch McConnell, not so much, you know, the, the yeah. argument about that, that $2,000 check was, that um, you know, if somebody's uh, you know, let's say making a hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars a year, they're going to get two thousand dollars. Where there's people making seven twenty-five an hour minimum wage, they need that two thousand dollars. But everybody yeah. was affected by this thing and hampered everybody's life. It crippled everybody's life. Um, and there's no question, and we can debate this all you want to, but there's no question that Donald Trump's ignorance of this uh, a year ago, a little over a year ago, did uh, facilitate. Uh, Hundreds of thousands of deaths that would normally not have occurred if if, if yeah. he got to the podium when when he talked to Bob Woodward last February eighth and, and acknowledged how bad this thing was and what the potential mm. catastrophe would be. Um, yeah. So he's got he's got you know there are people who call on the show five one five six zero five nine eight 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 and debate that with us. We'd love to share your opinion, but and how you know how not how not informing the public that we're about to. Uh, uh, this this horrible virus is going to be infecting our country, and, and we've got to be safe. And here's how you do it: how that would not have prevented people from dying. You know, how how would you, that not have prevented people from dying? And a lot of people think to this day, not as many as before, I don't think. And I think that's also a repercussion of Trump's voice not being heard anymore uh, and being banned from every social media. Um, yeah. That this is this is a hoax. 
Yeah. That, uh, yeah. you know, there are some people out there saying, oh, it's, uh, you know, the more people died from the flu, blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, and, and this whole QAnon and, you know, these, these conspiracy theorists, these people looking for some kind of extreme, baseless, fictitious, fucking ridiculous, nonsensical, stupid, y- 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 uh, 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 any other adjectives? <laughs> <laughs> You're carrying them off very well, Andy. <laughs> Theories that came out of the woodwork along with the people who support them and crawled out of the woodwork to start promoting all this bullshit. Um, you know, but it's out there. And the coronavirus is not a hoax, and it has not been a hoax. And, and we, are, we are starting to see uh, what happens when you have an effective administration handling this on a national uh, basis. The New deaths so far today. That's March 1st. Hey, happy first day of March, Amanda. Um, oh, yeah. Happy first, darling. Yeah, another month. We have 17 new deaths so far today in the USA. We have five, uh, 104 new deaths so far today, March 1st, in the UK. Uh, in Italy, 246 new deaths today. Germany, 82 uh, new deaths today. These numbers are significantly down when we were reporting them months ago. Um, and, and again, we've been, you know... And so many times I'll continue to repeat this, even though I do sound to myself like a broken record. These are human <laughs> lives. These are human lives. And, and um, we've played some of Joe Biden's uh, uh, speech when he uh, gave tribute and, uh, and talked about on the 500,000th death, how he presented so eloquently, uh, talked about the lives of each one of these souls. Um, they're human beings, and we talk about numbers here like it's a stock symbol we're, we're addressing. Um, yeah. But yeah. they've been averaging about 1,500, uh, 1,200 deaths a day in the United States, which is significantly lower than the 4,000, 4,500, 3,500 we spoke of uh, just a you know, short while ago. And uh, yeah. so that's uh, that's, you know… We're, we're headed right. in the right direction. We're headed in the right direction. Hey, we have a guest uh, on who's going to join us now, none other than – let me see if I can hit the right button here. We're going to bring on Dolores Jordan. I've been looking so forward to meeting Dolores, at least over the phone and on the show, and I think it's button Absolutely. number three. Let's see what happens here. Dolores, are you with us? I am. Thank you for having me. Hey, I hit Dolores. the right button. <laughs> Hi Amanda. Hi sweetheart. How are you? I am well. How about you? Oh, I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. <laughs> right. Well, welcome to the uh, welcome to the show, Dolores. Welcome to the show. And where where are you now? You're 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 on the East Coast, right? I'm on the East Coast. I'm in Pennsylvania. Yes. Terrific. My home my home my hometown. I'm in California. I'm from Philadelphia originally. Just outside oh, of Philadelphia. Really? Okay. Yeah. So where are you in California? Los Angeles. Los Angeles, outside of LA. LA right now, where it's uh, uh, probably about 72 degrees and beautiful today, right now. Don't need to rub it in, but. <laughs> yes, you oh, do, yeah. Andy. Well, you yes, know what? I'd love Santa Monica and San Diego, so that's why I'd like, where are you? I would have been jealous if you were in Santa Monica or San Diego. <laughs> my, my, oh, I'm in the Pasadena area. My, my daughter uh, recently moved to uh, Santa Monica, just uh, six blocks from the beach. And, yes, uh, right. She's right, right off the beach. Yeah, right off the beach. Yep, yep, yep. Wow. I, yeah, I love it. I, I've been out here, I guess, about, you know, I was here for two years, then went back east for two years, um, shoveled the driveway in a blizzard and decided to sell the house and move back. So, so. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, we're, 
we've just been doing a little bit of that ourselves. This week, though, this weekend it's been rain, so the rain is washing away the snow, so that's grateful. You know, that's a great thing. So, but yeah, Aww. we continue with it. Oh, bless yep. you. Yeah, I've heard about the bad weather there. I mean, uh, over here, I don't know if you heard earlier, that I was uh, saying to Andy that we've had nothing but rain and, and winds and uh, gray skies for for many weeks now. So that little bit of sunshine has just made everybody's spirit pop. And everybody's like, yeah, the sun, I love it. I'm going to get okay. out of it. Oh, amazing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Mm. So, Dolores... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, go, what, what? Tell us what, what's what's going on. I know you know we've been doing. You know, so glad that you've been able to join us on the show. And I know you've uh, you published a book and you've been doing some speaking and and you're, you've been pretty active there. And it's great to great to um, great to hear about what what you're doing these days. How's life treating you? How are you treating life? What's what's new in your world? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, it's a lot. I'm always busy. And, I know, you know so I um, gather. Yeah. I know. I, yeah, but, you know, I, I remember the time. I mean, I guess I've been busy since my brother's been in the NBA, but, you know, as far as me personally, I just remember when I used to have a lot of dark days, you know, going through issues, even though you're going out and meeting people, coming home and just struggling with life in general, and yeah. so my newest book called um, You're Stronger Than Your Situations, Please Don't Jump, um, it is all directed at those who are contemplating suicide or just, you know, getting up every day and struggling to put one foot in front of the other. And, you know, so often there's so much going on around us, you know, with the pandemic and, you know, just life in general. You know, people are, you know, it seems like more... Um, less tolerant maybe um yeah more angrier or whatever yeah. it is and yeah. but then there's a lot that you know they're contending with that we are contending with so that could um you know with unemployment homelessness you know hunger all of those things can are going to affect our days and so you know um the book is directed at those who tend to think that um they don't want to keep going on or they don't know how to keep going on or they is it worth you know, keep waking up every day and putting one foot in front of the other. And having been on the other side of that, I I mean, I I have been there. So now to be on the other side of that and know, oh, wow, I'm so glad that I did not, um, I was not successful in my suicide attempts. I'm so glad that I got to live out my story and see that pain don't last always, you know. Um, But when you're in it, it feels like, you know, none, you know, never going to end. This is all that life has to offer me. I don't want it. And so, uh, and that was truly my, my testimony. And, you know, a lot of people think because I'm Michael Jordan's sister, what can, you can't possibly have any issues, but before, Michael's four years younger than me. So, yeah. you know, so I had issues before he had got in the NBA. And they didn't yeah. go away once he got in the NBA. So in a lot of ways, they got exasperated and heightened because of the public's expectations. And, um, and so it just, it was a struggle. And yeah. so I say now with, you know, you know, you're stronger than your situation, which by the way, is when I would cry out to God and say, Lord, why did you put me in this family? Lord, can't I, can't, you keep bringing me back every time I try suicide, you keep restarting my heart. Yeah. Um, and he kept he kept telling me, Doris, I know exactly where you are. And I also know that you're stronger than your situation. 
And, you know, when you're hurting, you don't necessarily want to hear that. You don't necessarily yeah. believe that either sometimes. Yeah. But he was right. Yeah, yeah, he was right. So that's what the new book talks about. Okay. That's yeah. beautiful. Um, if I may ask a question. Um, ask me. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. Um, can you describe that moment when you had that realization that you had purpose to be here, when that spark of light then became that, that driving force to propel you forward into acceptance of the situation and, and that personal healing? Well, you know, uh, Amanda, it didn't happen. Well, the biggest thing that happened that made me decide that I wasn't going to try suicide anymore yeah. is yeah. that I had this moment with God, and there's no other way around saying that. I just had this yeah. moment with God where yeah. I was, um, we, my husband and I had purchased this home that had an automatic lock on it. So anytime we would go out the home, you either had to carry your keys or prop something in the door <laughs> or, you know, okay. to keep it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there was no way to take off the lock. It was automatically, yeah. automatically locked. And so and my husband was a contractor. So, you know, it's like, that was one of my pet peeves with him to take time to change the lock. And he never, <laughs> home never seemed to be on the top of his priority list, you know. Right, yeah. And so, as it turns out, um, this particular um, day, I decided, I had been plotting and, and planning and strategically map, mapping out my, my, um, my suicide because I had tried suicide a couple of times before, yeah. and I felt like, you know, maybe I didn't take enough pills and maybe I didn't do this. Maybe I didn't do this right. So, mm. so, so I had, you know, been strategizing. And so, um, you know, I, my husband went to work. The kids were in North Carolina. And it was you know, in July in the summer. And so I did everything and then took, you know, um, fulfill my plan, execute my plan. And um, just as I was fading out, one of a girlfriend called and she said, uh, and I hadn't spoken with her in a while, but it, yeah. nevertheless, I answered the phone, wasn't thinking, answered the phone. It was, you know, it was Michelle, talked to Michelle for a moment, and I faded out. And, and Michelle first thought I went to sleep and um, that she interrupted an afternoon nap. And so she, you know, said she, would, she got off the phone after I, you know, stopped talking. And she decided that, you know, she would call me, call me later. But she got something in her spirit got, you know, stared to the point that maybe, Maybe she wasn't just sleep. Maybe I should need. I need to go check on her. So yeah. she did come to check on me, and um, I wasn't answering the doors, and none of all the doors were locked, and all, nobody she couldn't get in. Mm. So she assumed, even though my car was in the, you know, was out front. So she just assumed yeah. that maybe my husband had come in the time that it had taken her to get to me, and that yeah. I had gone with him. So and but she, you know, she left, but she was bothered enough to come back. And when yeah. she came back, the the front door opened. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. Wow. Mm. wow. <laughs> That's yeah. one of those moments, so, right? You're just like, woo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So she, she got EMS, you know, she got the, um, the um, emergency technicians to come in, and they got me to the hospital, um, restarted my heart, intensive, and um and then I recognized then, oh, wow, that was my third time. And there was no confusion for me that that door that we have been, we had owned this house now probably about four, five years. 
yes. that door that had already been locked. That door yes. that she tried earlier was locked. Okay. Yeah. So wow. Like, so it it just became a, like, I don't know why you keep bringing me back. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know? Oh. And, and so it became a thing of, okay, well, wow, I can't even kill myself. You won't even let me die. So yeah. Yeah. If you won't let me die, then God, just show me how to live. And that became a turning point for me. Um, you know, it didn't, nothing happened overnight, but yeah. somewhere it kind of, in my mind, I was so close to being gone and God brought yeah. me back. Yeah. So, okay. Then, you know, and so it became uh, me now curious yes. to find out why he was keeping me. Yeah. And that, that what did he in see in me? Yeah. Yeah. What did he see in me that I didn't see in myself? Why, you know, why did he value, think my life was of such value that he would keep, you know, interrupting my suicide efforts, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so that started me on the road of trying to find out who I, who I am, who I was. Yeah. You know, who is yeah. it he wanted me to be? And so um, That's incredible. it wasn't an easy road, and it wasn't yeah. an overnight road. But, yeah. oh, my goodness, I'm yeah. so grateful that I was given that opportunity. So now if I can talk to those who feel like I once felt yeah. and let them know, I know today is great. I know it might be that you tend to think you can't make it today. I've been there, and let me tell you that I got to the other side, and I came to be so grateful to get to the other side. I got to meet, you know, my, my daughters got married. Well, one of them. I got to meet, grand, you know, my grandchildren, but yeah. I also got to be, I got to know the Lord, and I got yeah. to make peace with the Lord and find out that there was some value in my life. So now I get to use that very, you know, that very thing that I very much didn't want at one point, which was my life. Yeah. Yeah. And now encourage other people to not give oh, up. That's so that's what the new so book does. Beautiful. Oh, that's so beautiful, Dolores. That really is. It's so inspiring. Um, you know, I've been through some tragic uh, uh, and traumas myself, you know, and I, I, for a long time, I was ashamed to say that I nearly took my life too. And I was going through a deep depression in my early 20s and I felt I had no way out. I couldn't understand what was happening to me. And I had one of those moments that, you know, I went to the bathroom, I sat on the floor, I grabbed a razor, I held it to my wrist and I was like, you know, God, why am I going through this? You know, why me? I don't understand what's happening to me. I couldn't feel anything but pain. And something stopped me. I don't know what it was that, that inner voice or something just said no. And everything left me. The feeling left me and um, it was such a traumatic and uh, a big change all in that moment that even confused me as to what was happening. And from then on, many things happened. I asked for things. They started to happen. I was very shocked at how quickly things started to move forward because I'd made that shift within myself to ask for help. And uh, it was incredible. Um, So I just wanted to share that with you as I could relate to you know, what it's like to, to be there and want to out of that situation. Um, yeah, well, you know, when, when you're hurting, you're looking for an escape. Some people choose drugs. Some people choose yeah. alcohol. Some people yeah. choose 
you know, you know, men or women. Um, and, and then some people choose suicide. And, you know, of all those choices, suicide is the most vital. You know yes. what I mean? So, yes. so how do we back them up from that, that edge and give them the opportunity to learn that it really, even though you don't, it doesn't feel good right now, even yes. though you're hurting right now, you know, um, and we're not dismissing that pain that you're feeling right now because it's real pain. Yes. But, yeah. you know, just try to get in a place mentally enough to, you know, don't make any dress life altering, you know, yeah. final decisions about your yeah. life that you can't come back from. You know what I mean? Yeah. That you can't come back from. So that's what um, I look for and what I am all about now in my life is. I'm using my voice, using the platform that being Michael's sister provides me. You know, people want to talk about his stats and they want to talk about, you know, his success. And I'm very proud of my, my younger brother. But at the of end course. of the day, I yeah. use my voice to um, encourage those who, there's a lot of Dolores out there. And not yeah. a lot of them have yeah. um, people in their life that can tell them that they matter, um, that, you know, that God wasn't. You know, he wasn't crazy giving you life. It wasn't yeah. an accident giving you life. And so I get to do that. So, I, so now I love what I do. So it's such a beautiful thing. It really is. It really is. Sorry, yeah, Andy. I, I, I love I, it. I know no, no, it's just, I'm, I'm just listening, and I know. you're one beautiful soul. You are one beautiful spirit. That's like, you know, just listening to you, you really and hearing is. your words and hearing your comment and hearing your about you and where you've been and who you are now. It's just, uh, it's, it's wonderful. It is so refreshing to see that spark of light that you represent. It really, truly is. I mean that. It really no, is wonderful. Wonderful. And yeah, I had, uh, I came from being sexually, emotionally, and mentally abused as a young, as a child from eight yeah. to 16. And so, and, and, you know, it seemed crazy to me because when I say my, my brother is four years younger than me. So when my father first started abusing me, I w- he was, I was eight. Michael's four. When I told my mom at age 16, you know, Michael's 12. So only God would know that he was going to, you know, lift my brother up to that, to the standards that he has. And yeah. yet you put me in his family. Lord, what were you thinking? <laughs> you know, that was, yeah. that, that was, that's what I was going to like, you know, it's funny because, you know, I, with Michael's success, you know, you hear people say that they're your cousins or there's some related, you know, some, some relations to you because everybody yeah. wants to be related. Right. Of course. And I'm like, <laughs> here I am trying to kill myself to not be related. Lord, what are you doing? (laughs) You know? Um, So, you know, but ultimately, you know, God had a plan. It just didn't seem like I I didn't seem to fit. But what I've come to understand that, you know, um, he could have changed any of the dynamics of my life if any time he wanted to, and he didn't. And so, but he taught me I could endure them. And then he ultimately taught me to have a voice, you know, to use my voice. And in yeah. using my voice, I choose to use it to where it's going to be a voice, you know, a voice of encouragement to somebody yeah. else. So that's yeah. who I am. So, yeah. That's yeah. And yeah, I even um, started a company. I have a company called Yasties. It's pronounced Yasties, but it stands for, it's the acronym for 
You are stronger than your situation. That's what that's what you asked you stand for. Can you spell that out for us? Can you spell yeah. that out? What's the company? Uh, spell it out for us. It's called it's the Y from you, the A from R, the S for you are stronger. So the S is for stronger. T is mm-hmm. for than. Y is for your and S is for situations. You are stronger than your situations. And I um, I, I create, it's just a product. Um, um, it's an online merchandising um, company that has these products that just have this one slogan. My mantra would never change. It will always be, I would never put anything else on my products, but you're stronger than your situation. And my mindset behind that is that, you know, send it out into the community, you know, on T-shirts, cups, bags, whatever. Yeah. And we don't know who may see it and be encouraged, you know. Um, and, and they may never tell you that they need encouragement, but that as somebody could be thinking about suicide that day and just happen to see that. That's what I'm hoping. They just happen to see that and let that, you know, you know um, strengthen them enough, give them some level of resilience. To just hold on at least for another day, and then Absolutely. maybe you know they. So so that is my um, that's my thought. So yes, these um, it is something that God put in my heart to do. And so while I can't get to every corner of the world, maybe one of my products will, and and somebody will see it that will be encouraged by it. And that's the yeah. only reason why I offer these products. Um, I the. The mantra on them would never change. The company only has one purpose, and that one purpose is to get this strength-inducing mantra out to people who could be, um, who could maybe be strengthened by it. So I love um, that. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love that. I'm on your page. I'm on your page right now, and I'm checking out the product. The T-shirt is epic. I advise everybody to check it out. I think I'm very tempted to buy one myself, sweetheart, because. Um, I love the power yeah. of that message, and I love spreading that positive, um, empowering message across to other people. I'm always trying to uplift people whenever I speak to whether it's strangers, random conversations, or you know, people I know. And I think that's a wonderful well, I, thing to fight there. Oh yeah, I would love it. Like you know, I want. What's so important to me is that people are hurting, and they may never voice their hurt to you. Yes. You know, but if that can message, if they, and, and here's the one thing that I got, um, so a woman, I was in the restaurant talking to some friends and we hadn't seen each other in a while and we were all catching up. I was in North Carolina and they was like, what are you up to? And I said, well, God keeps giving me this message to send out into the world. And I keep saying, I'm going to do it, but you know, I'm dragging my feet and yeah. you know, he keeps telling me to put, you know, you're stronger in your situation and just send it out there. And, you know, we talked each talked about what was going on in our lives and, you know, we moved on in conversation and about an hour later, totally, you know, blown away. A woman stopped at the, at our table and she said, she said, I'm sorry to interrupt your conversation, but I just want you to know that I was sitting at a table not too far from you. I have been tolling with something all day long, asking God for a word. And I heard you say you're stronger than your situation. And I believe God set you next to me so I could hear that. Oh, wow. So, That's so uh, beautiful. <laughs> so, yeah. So then it became, okay, Lord, because do we need any more confirmation than that? I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm going to hear you. I hear you. I'm going to do it. I promise yeah. I'm going to do it. And so, so it's done. So there it oh. is. And I'll be adding products to it. But, you know, 
um, yeah. my, my children said, well, mom, make it more fashionable. It's not about fashion. For me, no. it's about a, being a billboard and sending yeah. that message out there. What can I put it on that people walking down the street? And so what you see on the front of the shirt is what you see on the back of the shirt. So if you're encouraging the people coming towards you or encouraging the people walking behind you, I just want them encouraged. That's all. Yes. So. Yeah, that's beautiful. What is the? uh, Let's get the uh, website address out there. You know, uh, Doris, we're we are broadcast uh, via the internet um, in 15 countries, or actually the whole world. But we have listeners in 15 countries around the world, and of course, we're strongest here in the United States. Uh, But what is the? uh, Let's put the web address for that, Amanda. You're saying you're on the the page. Let's get get let's get that out there. What what is the web address? I'll spell the first part again for everybody. So it's why. A-S-T-Y-S dot homesteadcloud.com. Well, they can leave that homestead off. You can just do, it'll still come there. So you can just do the Y-A-S-T-Y-S dot com. Oh, wonderful. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, so the Y-A-S-T-Y-S dot com, and then it'll still bring you right there. So, yeah. And And, we'll we'll also put a link. Google me. Yeah, we'll put yeah. a link on our website uh, here at the Andy Amanda Show. We'll put a, a link to your. Uh, it sounds wonderful, Dolores. I mean, what what a, what a great thing to to be behind, and uh, and we're all supportive of what you're doing. And we will put a link on our website as well at Block Talk Radio. Please? So you can. Oh, please yeah, we, do because I just want to get that out there. I'm, you know, like I say, I may never get to meet the people or get the opportunity to say it to them in person, and they yeah. may not even like I say, may never even tell you that they need it. But I guarantee you, somebody today needs to be encouraged. I oh, guarantee absolutely. you, today yes. somebody needs to hear that you know they're stronger than whatever they're facing, and that's what I want to just speak into their lives. Oh, so, I love yeah, it! I, so love I welcome it, all the help you can help. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. um, I have a question. And so, for as you. you can see, I took the same name and put the uh, in the book. You're stronger than your situation. Please don't jump. Uh, yes. and that's just again for those who just feel like they're standing on the edge and want to escape where they are. Um, yeah. And I'm just hoping that they don't embrace suicide. And, and because suicide is so final. It's just so final. And really yet today, is, yeah. T- yeah, today, I mean, if somebody would have told me, though, you know, that I would enjoy life to the level that I do, I, I would have listened I might have would have doubted a little bit because I was in so much pain, but I would have at least listened. And then if they could tell me why they felt that way, um, then I might be more inclined to say, okay, well, let me give it a try. <laughs> you know? yeah. And that's what the book does. Yeah, that's yeah. what the book says. You know, let you feed off my energy, if nothing else, because uh-huh. I've been where you are. And so. Yeah, that's wonderful. Oh. Dolores, may I ask you a question, sweetheart? Um, sure. Okay. Something that I'm very passionate about as well is is children and, you know, the next generation and trying to inspire them to be greater than the the, the things that we've learned. And so um, so my question for you, my darling, is um, what did your learning from your childhood and past experiences teach you that you've been able to carry forward and educate your children with, for example, you know, being able to approach you personally as, um, as your children come into a parent, you know, challenging questions that, and pains they may feel and ask. Um, and I, you know, because they learn very much 
deeply from our patterns of behavior, you know, what we have learned, our mindsets, our inner conflicts and spiritual beliefs that we tend to imprint on our children. And so what light can you shed? What advice can you give to other parents based on your own personal experiences? Oh, Amanda, thank you for that. I, I, I talk about some of that in my book too, but, oh, but okay. as a mother of three, yeah, as a mother of three, and I was having my children, I have my children young, except for my youngest one, but yeah. my, my 27 year old, but um, <laughs> my, um, but I have, I had my children young. I was running from an issue and here's what we don't always recognize when, you know, when that we really do carry our past into our future yes. and and unless we make some changes we carry a lot of the baggage and yeah. so for me I you know I, I talked said you know earlier that I was abused by my father um same you know same father same mother same household my parents are very good providers but there was a um there was a a emotional lacking between my mother and I we didn't yeah. have a good relationship. And so, um, and, and, and I don't, you know, as a young person, I always wonder, what did I do? But, you know, what, why I came to be okay with that, and I'm not encouraging parents by any means, make all efforts to, to um, supply your children, not only with the financial, physical needs. I mm. am a big supporter of supplying them with the emotional and the mental capabilities as well, because yeah. you are the first teachers in their lives. And so, you know, if you don't put anything in them, you can't get, expect to get anything out of them. Yeah. And I always fear you're just sending them into the world, and the world is going to beat them up enough already. So you kind of need to equip them in such a way that they, they feel secure about who they are. They feel loved already. So because I didn't have that, my father adored me but my father yeah. was also abusing me so yeah. but of my two parents I tend to lean you know I, I clung to my father because my mom was so indifferent to me so that just made me probably maybe an easier target for my dad but I didn't know him I didn't know what he was doing to me in the beginning was abuse I just know daddy loved me you know and so yeah. what child doesn't gravitate towards that love of course. Yeah. So what I did, you know, in terms of my children, it was important. I, I was 36 the first time I heard my mom say, you know, she loved me. And Aww. so I, by that time, there were so many things that I had already gone through. So yeah. um, as a mother myself, it was just very important that my kids knew I loved them. So yeah. I used to do this with my son. You know, my son is my oldest. And so, you know, I just was, his name is Corey. And like, Corey, say, ma'am, I love you. I love you too, mom. Corey, no. ma'am, I love you. And by the time I've been saying it about five times, he's falling out laughing and whatever. Like, <laughs> you know, like, stop talking to me. But, you know, but, and, and then my, my daughters, and I have a relationship with my, with my kids, especially my daughters, where they call me all day, every day. If they yeah. get a paper cut, they call me, you know. Um, <laughs> And we have, a, we have a good relationship that, you know, they know I may not agree with everything yeah. they say, yeah. but they know that I love them and I'm never going to tell them anything that's going to harm them. So having, the, you know, having that kind of relationship, but I think it all comes back with, you know, giving them some found, sound foundation of love. 
Yeah. And, uh, and stability, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and then letting them know that while I might not agree with everything that you do, or I might not agree with everything that you say, I'm here for you and you're not going to get, anybody's going to have your back better than me because I got you, you know, I'm Aww. mama bear, um, you know, yeah. so, <laughs> so, but for, for parents out there, that the kids are now dealing with things that I didn't have to deal with, confront as a parent, social yeah. media, your mm-hmm. internet, you know, peer pressure on a whole nother level. Oh so gosh, I would yeah. say to your child about how they feel, let them get their feelings out. It may not, you know, they're not your age, so they may not be able to comprehend what you can comprehend in your wisdom. So you have to give it to them on a level that they can understand, yes. you know, and, yeah. and allow them to feel. I, I feel this about anybody, you know, old or young. Um, don't dismiss their emotions or how they feel as if they're insignificant. Yeah. Back to them right then and there, they're real. Yes. And so you might want to just allow them to talk to you to get a better understanding of how they got to wherever they are or why they're feeling. And so with our children, it's just imperative. Um, we can look back. Amanda, you, you can look back at your childhood and see some things that you'll be, you wish your parents had done differently. Of course. And so Absolutely. We, and so we, I, I can't. So as no, parents, not me. Not son, me. You can't. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, you know, so you, so you, get to, you get to build on that, you know. Yeah. Um, I want my children to be a better version of me. Yeah. I don't want them to be like, I want them to be a better version of me. You know, yeah. um, you know, for me, what, you know, they, that can be a benefit from them. And to them, and then discard anything that, like, my mom, you know, you know, whatever. Like, I'm a disciplinarian, so yeah. my daughter, my, my oldest daughter, she has two children. And, you know, and she, one of them is a teenager. So in the beginning, it was, well, we don't spank our children. Um, I'm like, okay, keep yeah. going. <laughs> you know, keep going, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so, because you know at some point, you know, there's going to have to be some boundaries set. Yes. And so yes. it's funny because now I hear her and she sounds like me. I don't dare <laughs> tell her she sounds like me, but I, but I do hear her. It's like, oh, ooh, I the yeah, I thought we didn't. So, so yeah, but I, I, I encourage my kids to be a better version of me and um, to love above everything. Make the child know that they're in love because they're going to go out in the world looking for love if you don't. Yes. L- love and, and a sense true. of humor rule, I think. Love and a sense of oh, humor yeah. rule. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Rule. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. It's funny because my, my, my daughters say now they've, they've been in, you know, they've seen a lot of my dark days. Unfortunately, they have, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. couldn't get out of bed, depressed, whatever. And yeah. uh, am, I, am I like, we like you. We so like you. I said, you didn't like me before. Like, and they're like, well, now you smile a lot. You laugh <laughs> a lot. So, yeah. you know, you didn't. So they probably, I probably, probably didn't laugh as much. And so they can appreciate. I appreciate my laughter. How about that? Oh, <laughs> there we go. Hey. There we go. There we go. Yeah, yeah so. great, great. 
Yeah, I, it's funny because um, I have um, two daughters, you know, and um, and uh, being my um, earlier career, um, uh, well, I, until now because of COVID, but I've been a, uh, when I'm not doing the show, actually the show started as a result of COVID, I guess, but uh, I'm a, a touring musician. I perform and play and I've got records out there and I've you know, focused oh, wow. on that. I had some, have business uh, adventures as well on the sailing yacht world and so forth and uh, have employed a bunch of people, wrote a lot of paychecks in various business ventures, but my main thing has always been my music and it's because of that and I'm self-employed and, and when, you know, my oldest daughter, my oldest daughter and youngest daughter are four years apart, my uh, oldest daughter would go out on the road with me. You know, I, I remember taking the Greyhound bus you know, through upstate New York with uh, my guitar on the top shelf and this infant on my lap. I'm changing diapers and taking this little baby. Wow. And, and, uh, oh, wow. and my, my wife was getting her doctorate at Columbia University. So she was living in New York. I was living in Philadelphia. So, you know, sometimes I'd go to New York and we, you know, I'd meet her in New York and we'd do the, the car carrier seat handoff, bam, and I'd go on tour and come back and to get the baby, go back to Philly, and I'd be stayed home down yet. But I, I, I remember when... Um, uh, having, you know, and I never, you know, I started late. I, I didn't get married till um, uh, the day, the month to the day before my, my 40th birthday. And so I became a dad okay. later in life. And I always wanted little girls. I've, I mean, Aww. way back. I've always, I don't know why, but for some reason, I just always so much admired the way the female part of our species looked and appreciated the world around them. Not that guys are a bad thing. I mean, you know, hey, I'm a, I'm a proud guy, you know, blah, 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 all that stuff. But uh, yeah, there's something the just, uh, yeah, there's yeah. something about the beauty and magnificence of the world as perceived by, by the female part of our, our, our human species that I've just, you know, and I also had girlfriends, you know, um, you know, growing up as a teenager and I, you know, I'd come over and they'd have younger sisters and they always say, Andy, you're going to be a great dad someday. You're going to, and even when I was 16, it's, you're going to be a great dad someday. And, and I just, I'll never forget when, when finally, uh, you know, we, we, uh, my wife got pregnant and, uh, I remember talking on the phone with my mom and going on and on and on. And I'm finally going to his daughter and, you know, going on and on and on. And my mother says, <laughs> Andy, do you know there's a 50% chance that this could be a, a, a boy? Are you going to, are you going to be okay? <laughs> <laughs> But here's the funny thing. As a stay-at-home dad, and I've met so many dads along the way who have not had the opportunity, who have regrets, oh, man, I wish I had the time at home. Um, but I got to spend an amazing amount of time with my uh, my kids uh, growing up, and I was the, you know, um, my wife had a you know was a professional in the medical field, and and has been a great mom, and a, and just did an amazing job. But but I was pretty much home, you know, a lot of the time, and and, um, and uh, you know I used to think, you know, I'll never, I'll never forget because because you know Dolores, when when you have kids, you have these babies, and you, you take them home, and they're and they're bassinet, and they're googling and goggling, and you're doing the diapers yeah. and, all, and the napping and all that. And then, oh, they're so cute, oh, my God. And you're taking for the walk and the stroller, and people say, oh, my God, what a cute baby, and all this stuff. And then suddenly, suddenly out of nowhere, they look at you and say, no. And you're like, what? What? Whoa. You know? And, and here's – and I had never done this, so I'll never forget. And we lived in a fully carpeted big apartment that, you know, so we let – you know, our, our – 
our, our parameters, our parameters of, uh, of what they could do were very, very broad. They're very wide and continue to be. Um, and as long as they don't hurt other human beings, as long as they don't hurt themselves and stay safe and don't, you know, just try to guide them to be safe and, and don't put themselves in precarious situations and don't hurt other people emotionally or physically, you know, let's, you know, go, you know experiment with life, explore, adventure, go out there, go out there and see, go out there and, and, and see what this, this trek on the world is all about, you know, see, see what's out there, go ahead and do it, do it. And I'll never forget when the first time I was waiting for my oldest daughter to do something. Yeah, I would tell her that she wasn't allowed to do. And it was, believe it or not, it was difficult. I had, I waited for the time waiting, you know, she, okay, she did this. Okay, well, okay, she did, you know, learn from it, go on. And then finally, uh, when she's old enough to, you know, she, we, we were having conversations and she started speaking at a very, very early age. Uh, and I, I think she finger painted on the wall in my living room, as I recall. Maybe <laughs> <not>. <laughs> and, and, and that was, you know, right? Okay, so at that, I, I may have did something else earlier, but this is what I distinctly remember. And I sat her down on the, on the dining room table across from me and I said, her name's Justine. I said, look, Justine, here's, here's two facts that were definitely, there's a lot of things we don't know, a lot of things I don't know, a lot of things obviously you haven't been here long, I've been here a really, really long time and you haven't been, but there's two things that I can say that are very true. You've never done this before and I've never <laughs> done this before. <laughs> so I, I've never had a kid. You've never been a kid. <laughs> so, so, so here we are. We've got to kind of learn how we're going to do this together. So I want to, I want to tell you something. There's going to be a time in your life when you, when you, I know you're very young right now, you got a long trick ahead of you, you're going to have a kid. So what I'd like to know, because maybe you could teach me something from your perspective. And here I am talking about, just like I am right now, to, to this little toddler. Because I need to learn, because again, I've never done this. So, so I need to learn how you do this. So let's just put yourself in my shoes. You've got the kid. Your kid just wrote on the wall. What would you do? <laughs> And, and she said, "Oh my goodness!" And she said, "I'd probably get them a donut." I said, "Okay, let me try it." <laughs> okay, I'm gonna get, let's go. I'm gonna get you a donut, and then we'll talk about it. So we got the donut, and we go back. You know, I ran around to get a donut. Came back, talked about it. Uh, I said, "So how's that donut?" Mm, it's really good. I said, "Now that you're you're happy and things are going well, you're enjoying the donut. Let's have a conversation." And the conversation is going to be called what is not appropriate to do in life and what is appropriate to do in life. And we're going to touch upon this conversation as you grow and develop and get older. We're going to keep touching on that conversation. And I say, oh, then I held up a piece of paper. I said, this is, this is called a piece of paper. This is what you finger paint on, not the wall. So I'm, not, you know, so I'm going to be accountable. I'm going to be responsible for the fact that you wrote on the wall because you never, you've never, I've been here a long time. I know you're supposed to do that. How are you supposed to know that? You know, I, I never told you in life, never ran, by the way, here's a list of things you can't do in life here. To just go by this, it'll be fine. So you didn't know that you can finger paint on the wall because I never actually said you can't, whatever you do, don't finger paint on the wall. So, so you don't finger paint on the wall. Are you good with that? So never do it again from now on. When you want to finger paint, just finger paint on the piece of paper. We good? They were good. So here's the point I'm making. I never, I never hit, I never spanked it. And, 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 but here's the point I'm making. You know, the timeouts, you know, only in extreme cases. And as a matter of fact, my youngest daughter gave me timeouts as a parent. She said, Dad, go stand in the corner. That wasn't right. And I would. I'd go stand. My, my toddler gave me timeouts, and I would go stand in the corner because, you know what? 
I'm I'm accountable. I I did that was that was how was how was she supposed to understand? So I'm responsible how for how my conversation lands. I'm responsible yeah. for it, not this little kid. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, right. So so what I what what happened is as a matter of fact it was the funniest thing is um, as um, you know you go socialize and the babysitting co-ops and stuff you take your kids and there's other parents and we start talking about you know discipline always comes up you know how do you you know this kid did this this kid did that and. Um, and I would call Justine over, and I'd say, Justine, um, what, tell, tell uh, whoever it is, tell them what, uh, what I used to do when you were a bad girl when you were growing up. And, and she'd look up and say, he either tickle me or buy me a donut. And i get the weirdest looks. Uh, <laughs> and, and here's why. Here's why I did that. Because I figure instead of making the kid frightened, you know, you spank them, you hurt them. They're, now they're fearful. Now the, now the world of fear, the fear of anger, the fear of resentment, the fear of, oh, I hate you because you hurt them. I'm thinking, you know what, let's make this a let's 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 educate you in a positive, enlightening, empowering environment where we can continue as two human beings talking to each other. I know you're only a little kid. I know I'm an adult, but we're going to make we're, we're going to change your behavior in a positive conversation and who knows where, who knows what breakthroughs are going to occur in your life as a result of us making this a positive. Let's, let's, let's make this a breakthrough. Let's learn from it. Let's grow together. We can do this. I'm not going to hit you. I'm not going to make you frightened of me. I'm not going to, I'm not going to have you, you know, go spank you and then go stand in your corner, send you to your room and then have you think, Oh, I, I hate my, Oh, I can't believe you hit me. And, and, and I'll, you know, but instead we're going to say, you know what? Thank you for the information. I won't do it again. And, 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 and from that, their, their, their understanding of the world, of their environment, almost happens. It manifests itself from inside out. So they kind of learn their way as to what is appropriate. Sometimes they cross the borders a little bit, but that's, possible, that's part of learning too. But, yeah. but you know, to have a positive, empowering conversation with a kid at a very early age, I think is you know, and I, again, I don't know because I'm not a, I'm a guitar player. <laughs> I, I don't know anything about bringing up kids or child rearing. I, I was going to write a book called, Bring, you know, Child Rearing According to Me, Andy Kimball, <laughs> the guitar player. Well, that I, I probably, oh, yeah. <laughs> that, well, you did a great job there. I mean, you, you got to see the fruit of your labor, you know, and it worked out in such a way that you did leave her with a more of a positive. I mean, honestly, my, what my children, what I've always said and what we talk about now is kids don't come with manuals. And uh, so, you right. know, so yeah. you, they don't come with manuals. And so a lot of times it's, you know, as the, pa- as, as the child is being taught, the parent is being taught. So, and you're kind of figuring out some ways, like my there's, there's 14 and 16 years between my children, my, my older two and then my younger one. And my wow. younger one um, is, is 27. And so my older one thinks the 27 got away with stuff that they never would get away with. <laughs> but, by, but, but by that time, I had, I had changed. I had been a parent already. I, I wasn't so new at it anymore. Yeah. And yeah. I had yeah. I, I, yeah. I gotten to see what, had, what worked and what did not work. And you know, or or and every child is different, and yes. so mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and and with and with my youngest one, she feels like she has two moms, like me and her older sister, and Aww. you know, and her older and yeah. her older brother. So oh, and I, they know, and they they have steered her so well. 
I gave it a shot. My my son, um, Bree was asking to get. She wanted to get some piercings, and she knew I was not going to be one about her getting piercings. <laughs> and she wanted to get her nose pierced, and and her and so I was traveling. So she so she apparently had called her or uh, Corey, her older brother, and said, "Hey Corey, what do you think if I get my you know get my nose pierced? Somebody at school was going to do it seriously." Wow. <laughs> and so he says. Absolutely not. You cannot do that. I will take you to get it done, and then you would have to explain it to mom. And so, 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 so she had enough. She called him. He said no. He would take her. He said no. You, you don't let nobody do that to you. I'll take you to get it done, but then it's going to be on you to explain that to mom. And so, so that's how. So then they called. They called their sister, and she is she is two years younger than Corey and 14, young, 14 years older than Bria. And so she says to Sherry, and Sherry says, absolutely not. You're not getting your nose pierced. Get that out of your head. It's not happening. So, so at that point, Mom didn't have to say anything. Yeah. I got to hear later how they handled it, you know. So, uh, I'll never be. I gotta tell you this. I gotta tell you this funny story. The the um, you know one time my uh, my oldest we were remember you know what you're in Pennsylvania. Remember the um, I don't know if they're still in business. Remember the uh, department store Lord and Taylor. Oh yeah, no, and, they just closed. They did. Oh they, my goodness. I, yeah, they I just to, closed. Yes, that was one of my oh favorite my stores. My children grew up in Lord and Taylor's. Yeah, same here, same here. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I had uh, my wife and I were Lord and Taylor, and the uh, little one was. Um, was walking around at the time a little bit and you know the little and she's staying right near us but you still want to make sure where where are they and the the moment they even disappeared for two seconds your heart jumps a couple beats you know and um so there was a, a couple minutes there when my wife and i had uh, had just in the lord and taylor and we i couldn't you know i couldn't find her she was right around there but i didn't see her right away and i finally saw her she was on the floor taking the earrings off a rack and putting them all over the floor like just taking them all off, right? And I sat down next to her. I said, no, we can't do that. You don't take the earrings off the rack. Put them back. And I'm helping her put them back. And then she takes them off again. And I put them back on. I said, okay, we, we, we have to have a conversation. I picked, I put them back. And I picked her up. And I told my wife, so look, I got to take Justine in the car. We have to have a talk. And I, I put her in a minivan. I strapped her into the back. I got in the driver's seat. And I, and I said, I got to tell you something. You know how I tell you things. You know, I got to tell you something right now. You have it so easy right now. This is the easiest part of life there is because, you know, life becomes – you have more decisions and more challenges and things become more difficult. And, and, and you just be, right now, all you have to do, the only thing you have to do in your entire life is just listen to what your parents tell you to do. It doesn't get any easier than that. It's, they say, you know, it's so easy. So basically when I speak, you listen. Is there anything about what I just said that you don't understand? I speak, you listen. And she looks at me and she says, yes. So I was like, oh, well, what is that? What do you understand? She says, well, you don't have to speak. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm, hmm. Yeah, well, you know, she does, she, she does have a valid point. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. But at the same time, you know, there's certain things you do have to speak, right? Yeah. You don't have to speak. I'm like, give me a break, you know? You don't have to speak. <laughs> I love the way children have that, that, that. There's their sense of truth, the way they see things so simply, the way oh, she yeah. expressed that. You don't yeah. have to, you don't have to speak. She's so very true. You don't have to speak. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> 
too too funny. So you don't oh my god! You don't you don't speak. She doesn't have to listen. Yes. Right. <laughs> I was like, you know, and I couldn't, I, you know, and she, I, I said, you know, you, that, that is, that is correct. That, you know, uh, she made, she looked at her environment and her world. She figured, well, if you don't do that, then I don't have to do this because you didn't do that. You know, it's, it's cause and effect, you know? And, and I'm like, you know, you have a valid point. Um, Your Honor, the, the, the prosecution arrests. <laughs> I've been defeated by my own little kid. <laughs> oh, I had a, you know, I had a department store where Bree, Bree was little. She was probably about four, maybe five. And we were changing, I was changing clothes. And I said, Bree, can you put this back on the rack that was right outside the door? But, and she went to do that, but she got turned around. And so when I came out, she was crying. She says, you can't do that. I'm just a little girl. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, gosh. Like, you can't do that. I'm just a little girl. Like, you know, you can't leave me out here by myself. I'm, like, I'm so sorry. That's so true. But it was right outside the door, so I didn't think she would get turned around. But she got turned around and couldn't gosh. find me. So you can't do that. I'm just a little girl. So, yeah. Oh, my goodness. But, oh, my yeah. goodness. Oh my goodness! Well, wonderful. I enjoyed talking to you guys. Y'all have made this fun. Yeah, Aww. you've been wonderful. What? You, it's just so great having you on this show. I can't tell you what a breath of fresh air. Real, I mean it. Just really, just fabulous. Absolutely. I've been so excited about it all week. Uh, seriously, oh, uh, Delora, you. it's been precious having you here, and I'm sure oh, everyone who's listening, who will get to listen on the podcast as well, will be hopefully a little bit more enlightened about their troubles and you know the ways they can reach out and um, possibly express themselves and find that, that hope that they're looking for, that light, and um, feel yeah. very encouraged because, you know. I definitely want them to hold on. I, I yes. know, you know, it, right now it may, be, it may be dark, it may be cloudy, it may be, you know, a, a cloud, but the sun does eventually come out, right, Amanda? The yes, sun does yes, it come does. Out. <laughs> so, Here know, in Southern so California, it's out every day. Yep. Rub that yeah, in, Andy, rub so, that in. So just trying to get them past that dark moment. So however I can use my voice, that's all, that's all that I intend to do with the rest of my life is just yeah. be a voice of encouragement so that they, you know, and, and to believe in the fact that they can get past whatever this dark moment is. And so, yeah. so I love Beautiful. you guys helping my voice grow. No, we love you too, darling. We truly do. And and, and I hope you will join us again, uh, and and uh, we'll stay in touch with you. It would be great to have on and chat and and join us and share some laughs and some stories and some news. Um, hey, yes. uh, for us, real quick, because we ask uh, you know, what what's your what's your opinion? What through through how you see the current environment in the states right now? What's what's your take? What's your spin? What's your what's your well, you know. Well, you know, for me, uh, things, I tend to look at things now in my life from always from a biblical, you know, godly standpoint sure, right now. So, sure, um, sure. And so, so for me, you know, there's been so much death behind um, the pandemic. There's been so much hurt and, and loss. You know, I would like to think it's going to make people kinder. <laughs> You're not just right. You keep hearing me say that, being kinder. But, yeah. but because, and I say that because there's so much to be frustrated about, mm. you know, because yeah. when you look at the, the shift in the economy 
You know, I'm a real estate agent, and I have to tell you, I'm a real estate agent also, so I have to tell you that mm. the, the market has been crazy for this, this past year during the pandemic. I know you would have thought yeah. it would have slapped off. It has, oh, my goodness, all my colleagues will tell you that, you know, that, that it has mm. been unseasonably busy. And, yeah. you know, um, and, but, you know, you want to you look at the things that just happened in Texas. You look at the things that people waking up and they're still trying to figure out how to feed their families and how to, you know, even with those that own businesses, how to keep their business, you know, moving forward. So for me, you know, that to me is always going to send me into prayer. That's just me. That's where I go. You know, that's mm-hmm. what, you know, where I kind of yeah. get my strength from. Yeah. And, um, and I think that, you know, only God knows where this economy is going. Only God knows what this, this world is, you know, going to have to mm-hmm. contend with. Because I'll be honest mm-hmm. and tell you, I wrote this book in 2019. Mm-hmm. I oh. argued with God when mm-hmm. he was telling me to write this book. It was not, this particular topic was not my topic that I was writing about at all. Right. And when he, when he got me to writing it, I was like, suicide. Lord, why do you want me to write about suicide? I don't know anything about suicide. I only know my experience with suicide. He says, and that's what I want you to write about. And then you fast forward 2020 and you look what came with 2020 and you look at how many, they're talking about how, you know, how much, you know, uh, how, how much hurt and how despondent and how, and who could know that this, this book would be an asset, you know, and I'm not saying that to promote the book. I'm saying that because literally when you go in this book, it is all about hanging on, not giving up. Don't let the day, you know, you know, um, define your tomorrow, you know, all of those things. And when you look up at COVID and you look at the virus and you look at the economy and you look at the people that is being so impacted by it, what do you want to say? I know you're in a difficult place right now. I know it doesn't feel good, but please know that this is not the end of your story. And hold on. Resilience. That's what I, if I could speak strength and resilience, I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep doing it because, you know, when you're in it, it sometimes feels like it's never ending. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very much so, so. Mm-hmm. for those that find themselves in the midst of it, I mean, we all are in the midst of it. I mean, we're all wearing masks and a so, you know, and you don't know, you can't relax like you used to. You can't go to places as freely mm-hmm. as you used to. And you would like to believe, hope, count on this being a temporary situation, that it will get some normality back to it. We could go back to doing some of the normal things. And so oh, yeah. I want people to believe in that no matter what they are looking at today, no matter how dire the situation looks, it's not over with yet. I thought my situation was so dire that I could never, that joy would never, I could never foresee joy being a part of my life. It didn't matter how much money, it didn't matter where I lived, it didn't matter. I mean, I was married with kids, and even those things were not, whole, were not making me want to stay selfish in some points when, when you think about it, and I, I confess it was a selfish mm-hmm. mindset. But also, but... You know, when you're hurting, sometimes you can't see past your pain. No. Yeah. So, yeah, so you just, I, I hope, 
you know, we, we start speaking more strength into other people. So that's what I'm hoping. Yeah. As, as, as so eloquently put by this guy here. I was I mean, born to do this. See, sometimes you just got to say, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> yeah. Listen, we're about to wrap the show. We have about a minute left. Loris, uh, Jordan's been our guest. I want to thank you for coming on the show. I also, uh, hearing you talk about real estate and so forth, I'd love to have, we, we talked about financial matters, buying, selling, mortgage last week, and we were going to, we said last week we are going to dive into that further. I'd love to have you back on, um, and, and Amanda okay. will let you know when, uh, and talk about real estate and your business and your assessment of the market and mortgage and buying, renting, what, you know, a new home buyer versus somebody but I'd love to have that conversation with you, if you wouldn't mind, uh, in a couple of weeks, probably. Oh, oh I, I look forward to it. I love, you know, I'm real estate. It's what I do when I'm not doing other things. So, All right, yeah, so we're going to count on that. Dolores, thank you so much for coming on the show. This is the Andy and Amanda program. Our number here is 515-605-9888. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. We're going to wrap here another adventure of the Andy and Amanda program. We'll see everybody live again on Wednesday. In the meantime, the podcast, of course, will be distributed around the world. You can hear it whenever you want on various distribution networks. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And, Amanda, you want to take us home, you're certainly welcome to do it. Oh, thank you very much, sweetheart. So on behalf of Andy Kimball in uh, California, Hollywood, <laughs> and myself, Amanda Love in the U.K., and thank you to our beautiful guest, Dolores Jordan, for joining us. Have a safe uh, evening, day, whatever, wherever, whatever you're experiencing, and have a great week. And hopefully you join us on Wednesday for that show. And uh, take care, keep smiling, stay safe, and try to do the right thing. So long, everybody, and thanks Thank again, Dolores Jordan. Thank you. Thank you Bye-bye sister. now. Bye. Bye-bye.